Radio. Many, many years ago before I was born, but probably not before all of you were born, Queen Elizabeth II was crowned Queen at Westminster Abbey. And I'm told that when it came the time for the Queen to come in, that all the guests had been sat down, and then suddenly this team of people came with brushes and vacuum cleaners to vacuum and clean the carpets so that the carpets will be absolutely clean for the entrance of the Queen. It was a kind of preparing the way, if you like, for the royal person of the Queen. And at the time of Jesus, it was common for kings in that area of the world to send messengers ahead of them when they were doing tours of their kingdom preparing the people for the king's visitation. Well, in a similar way, Jesus sends before him a messenger too, to prepare the way, the figure of John the Baptist. And he is called to prepare the people for Jesus' coming. But Jesus is not interested in clean carpets. Jesus is not interested in just announcing his coming and making sure, you know, his accommodation is sorted out and everything like that. Jesus is interested in a particular kind of preparation. And we can see the kind of preparation that he's interested in by John's proclamation. We're told in that gospel from Luke that John went through the whole Jordan district Proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. This is what we come back to again and again in Advent. This theme of repentance, of turning away from sin. It's the best form of preparation for the coming of Jesus and to celebrate his birth. To begin to live in a new way, to be converted. So this repentance is expressed in a form of baptism. Baptism itself as a word just means plunging. So in baptism, we like, if you like, we plunge a baby or a person into the water, except we tend to just pour a little bit on the head. But other Christians do more of a visible plunging um, to signify that baptism happening. But this baptism of John is not the same as our baptism. It's like a foreshadowing or a foretaste of the sacrament of baptism that most of us in this church will have received. And at the moment of our baptism, that sacrament of baptism, a radical change happened. A radical change. Because baptism makes us children of God. Baptism makes us sons and daughters of the Father, brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. And it remedies the chief effect of original sin and all sin in general, which is separation from God. So baptism uniting us to Jesus and making us children of God heals our relationship with God and makes us temples of God. God comes to dwell within us. So baptism is an amazing gift, 
something that we should always marvel at. St. Paul, who writes this wonderfully joyful letter to the Philippians that we heard this weekend, says this, I'm quite certain that the one who began this good work in you will see that it is finished when the day of Christ Jesus comes. That passage of scripture reminded me of words which are used in the rites of ordination, which no doubt take their inspiration from this passage. And it's where the bishop says to the man being ordained, he says, may God who has begun this good work in you bring it to fulfillment. Those words could well be said on the day of our baptism, although they're not. Because God wants to bring the good work of baptism, that wonderful gift, he wants to bring that to fruition. He wants it to bear fruit in our life. Baptism is not meant to be a far and distant memory. That's why when we come into church, what do we do almost automatically? We put our fingers into the holy water stoop and we cross ourselves. Why do we do that? Well, we do that to remind ourselves of our baptism, to remind ourselves that we are children of God, that we are joined to Jesus Christ. I wonder how often we do remember that when we put our fingers into the holy water. But baptism is not meant to just be one event that we forget about. Baptism is meant to be the beginning of a wonderful journey with God. The beginning of a wonderful relationship and intimacy. And we rely on God for him to bring his work to fulfilment in us. So holiness, as I've said before, is always first and foremost, the work of God in us. You know, we can't expect to, on our own power, merely climb the ladder as if it was just a matter of trying harder all the time. It's the power of God primarily which we have to allow to work within us. And that power comes to us each time that we receive the grace of the sacraments. And particularly two sacraments that we receive over and over again, which is the Eucharist and reconciliation or confession. The Eucharist and confession are sacraments that I think we should see as working in tandem. Why do I say that? Well, because when we receive the Eucharist, when we receive Holy Communion, the real Jesus, when it is bearing fruit in our lives, if we're to receive it positively, then we need to be in what we call a state of grace. So a state of grace really is saying we're basically on good terms with God. In other words, there might be minor sins that we've committed, but there's nothing serious which is in the way of our relationship with God. But we've lost a bit of a sense these days what counts as serious. We tend to think that unless we've directly killed anyone just before coming into church, that it's not really serious, whatever we've done. But we easily forget things like, what does the church say about Sunday Mass? 
that unless we have a good reason, so that's infirmity or looking after a sick child perhaps, or being unable because of um, working commitments to come, that if we miss Mass on a Sunday, that's a serious thing. That's a serious sin. And we shouldn't therefore receive communion until we've been to confession first. This is how we make a fruitful communion. We're conscious of the things which are keeping us away from God. We're conscious of the seriousness or not of what we do. The same thing would apply if we were living as husband and wife with someone that we're not married to. We shouldn't just then go up and receive Holy Communion in that state. Because when we go to Communion, we're doing a sacred thing. The priest or the extraordinary minister says to us, the body of Christ holding up the host. And we say, Amen. A word which really means, I agree, it is true. I believe that is Jesus Christ. And that we are entering then into communion with him. And to enter into communion with Jesus means to enter into communion with his church and everyone else too. So if we go up to Holy Communion and we say Amen, but nothing in our life is saying Amen. We haven't been to Mass for weeks or we're living in a state of sin. Then that Amen is not a true Amen. And we're not making a communion we're committing a kind of sacrilege. St. Paul says that himself. He says, those who partake of Holy Communion without discerning the body draw condemnation on their head. So receiving Holy Communion is not something we ever do lightly. It is a healing medicine, it's true. It's a healing medicine for our smaller sins, our minor sins. The sins which we easily commit, even just driving to church on a morning, perhaps. But we're not meant to partake of Holy Communion when we know that our sins are more serious than that. So we need to recognize that it's Jesus Christ we are receiving. But we easily forget something else, too. We forget that baptism has made us children of God. That baptism has given us the inheritance of eternal life. And that through the wonderful sacrament of confession, we can be restored to that state that we had after baptism. That's why we need to take the invitation of John the Baptist to heart. It's no coincidence that this is constantly being put before us, this idea of repentance, of preparing a way for the Lord. It's nothing more than preparing a way for Jesus to have the relationship that he wants with us. And that can't happen whilst we've still got things in the way, or we're still carrying burdens, or we have obstacles in our life. Jesus wants to draw us close. He loves us that much that he doesn't want anything to separate us from him. I'm sure John the Baptist would have been amazed to think we would have this amazing sacrament of confession. That we can just wipe away our sins just by confessing these sins to a priest. So let's prepare for the way, let's prepare the way for the coming of Jesus by being humble enough to admit 
that we have faults, that we need God's forgiveness. Because all Jesus wants is for us to be ready when he comes again. As a free, not-for-profit service, Cradio requires the support of people like you to help keep us going in our mission. To donate, visit cradio.org.au slash donate.